sermons here. Um, we're in this series of spiritual fitness, and, and I've termed it this way because when we use the term spiritual disciplines, we often think about um, like hyper-spirituality. Um, spiritual disciplines are something that they're really good Christians do, or the really pious believers do. Um, and, and I don't think that's at all the intent of Scripture. That's um, the things that are described throughout the Bible are not um, for the spiritual elite. It's for all of us. Um, it is practice. Spiritual disciplines are practices, exercises that we do it's the things you can do by an act of your will now that will enable you to do what you currently cannot do spiritually. So, for example, uh, in junior high was my first opportunity to lift weights. And so I had a, a trainer. His name was Ivory, black guy named Ivory. I loved it. Um, he was super cool. And, and so and he, that's, that's how he introduced himself. He's like, yo, my name's Ivory. It's like, and I'm black. My name's Ivory. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I'm, t- I'm 12 years old. You know, I'm like, okay, sir. You know, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I'd never been in a gym before. I never lifted weights. And, you know, here I have this personal trainer. And, and it was some gimmicky thing to get my family to join a gym. You get the trainer with it for the first month or whatever. So I'm there. And, and he's like, okay. So we get to the, the bench press. He has me lay down. So I'm laying on this thing, and he's like, okay, well, let's start you off light. And he gives me something, and I get my arms up there. And uh, we decided we need to start lighter. And so we, <laughs> so I was like, let's try the bar. And so I'm like, okay. <sighs> you know, and so I'm giving everything I got to lift the 45-pound bar. And, uh, and with his help, I got to be able, I could lift the bar. And, and over the next several weeks, we actually started adding weight to the bar, um, which I felt pretty proud of myself. Um, but what I, what I could do by the end of the summer, I could not do at the start of the summer. I started with what I could do, or rather the trainer had me start with what I could do that would then enable me to do what I currently could not do. Does that make sense? It's the difference between training and trying. So spiritual fitness is about training. God blew my mind this week as I was, uh, I was reading some things about this, and, and it suddenly hit me. Uh, we're going through a book, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg, and, and he said a few things about training and trying, which actually comes out of Dallas Willard's book, Spirit of the Disciplines, which I also have on my bookshelf. Um, Richard Foster's book, uh, Spirit of the Disciplines, uh, spirit, or his, his spiritual disciplines. Anyway, these three guys are informing our, our talk this morning. And I realized the difference between training and trying, as Dallas Willard puts it, um, to sit down at a piano and expect to be able to play Bach is ridiculous. It doesn't matter how hard you try. <laughs> you have to train. And people will say... Um, Man, learning to play the piano by playing scales is learning the hard way. Says no, trying to play Bach in front of a crowded auditorium is the hard way. Having never touched the keys before, <laughs> the easy way to play Bach is to practice scales every day. 
then you can perform when it matters. And our spiritual life is no different. I can't expect to perform well spiritually if I'm not training. It's just not going to happen. And it doesn't matter how hard my 12-year-old self tried to lift the 45-pound bar with the 20s on it. I couldn't do it. I could try and try and try. And what the Lord just illuminated for me, which is so liberating, is when you think about your spiritual life as a training, you can't fail. If it's about trying, I fail all the time. I tried and I failed. I either did it or I didn't. But if it's a matter of training, then I would go to the gym and have a bad day. I played soccer from five years old through high school, varsity soccer in high school, and sometimes I just had a bad day. I was off. My passes were off. Like, so I didn't fail. I was training. So it doesn't matter how I performed. It was just another day training. Then we go to the games. And, and so it was just this amazing realization that if we can think about all these things that we've been talking about and we will continue to talk about through the summer as ideas of training, not trying, then you are set free from any performance anxiety. <laughs> Because if you're having a bad day, it's just a bad day. It's like, I'm having a hard time praying today. It's not a big deal. I'm going to pray, and it's not going to go anywhere, and that's okay. I I trained today. I tried. And if I think of it as trying, well, then I can say, well, I tried and I failed. But it's like, man, I, I just wanted to spend time with the Lord, and we did. My wife and I schedule a date night every week. Uh, often they're stay dates, and so we lock ourselves in the extra, in the spare bedroom of the house. <laughs> And uh, put on a cartoon for the kids. And, and some days, man, that conversation is so rich and full. Other days, it's just kind of staring at each other and like, well, that was a good meal that we got to eat by ourselves in the quiet. And, and we didn't really feel like we really connected and got any closer. But did we fail because we had a date? Well, if I hadn't set that time aside then I'm guaranteed to not get those good ones either. And the same thing goes with our spiritual life. So today we're going to talk about fasting and, and, and share some stories about our experiences with fasting. And it's not about performing. I was, I was sharing uh, with some of the, the folks that came out to camp with us, the thing that was so profound about my grandma she, she died of cancer at 87. Um, and my dad said at her funeral that her spiritual gift was showing up. And she showed up at 80, in her 80s, she came tent camping with us. Even though the year before she'd sat on the porta potty and it fell over and dumped her own urine all over herself and she rolled down the embankment, she still came camping the next year and for several years after. I think she was like 78 when she got her own potty on herself. And, and she just showed up. Every wedding, every funeral that the church had, she showed up and baked pies. Even for people she didn't know. Why? Because there was a need. And I think that we would do well 
to, to, to see my spiritual life is primarily about me showing up with God. And then what happens is up to him. We talked about prayer a few weeks ago. Then we talked about journaling as a means of meditation so I can look at the scripture and I can uh, pray and I can write my prayers. I can consider what's in the word and I can write those things down. Gives me uh, a kind of a road map of what's going on. These are internal disciplines. Fasting is also an internal discipline. The goal is not physical health, although you'll experience physical health benefits from fasting. Um, the goal is not to do a certain number of days or hours. It's a means of showing up with God. Now, there's a lot of things that will happen in fasting, and, and before I don't want to jump into a teaching. I want this to be learning from each other's experience for this morning. Um, many of us in the room have... Uh, engaged in this exercise, spiritual weightlifting, if you will, of fasting. And I'll, bef before we get into that, I'll just describe a few um, kind of ways of thinking about fasting. You have what would be termed a partial fast, in which case you might be doing um, like juices and things of that nature, um, maybe a, a protein drink, but you're not doing foods or you're doing a partial fast where um, there's a big health craze sometimes in Christian circles of the Daniel fast. And so they, they avoid any rich foods and they're doing raw vegetables primarily. That would be a partial fast. Uh, what could be termed a normal fast is just water, no food for a, a particular amount of time. Maybe it's skipping one meal, maybe it's going 40 days. Um, which is kind of miraculous. Um, but in any case, the normal fast is just whether you're doing no food, just water. You're not taking in calories in another way. Um, you know, that kind of, uh, you might call it a complete fast, or, you know, what I call an extreme fast, is no food or water. Um, and that you're looking at maybe three days would be an extreme, complete fast of, of three days. Um, you do have some biblical examples of people going complete fast, no food, no water, for even longer. Um, but a good example of just kind of that, uh, the shorter duration is with Esther. Um, Haman is trying to murder all the Jews in the nation. She, uh, she says, I'm going to go without food or water for three days. I ask that you and her uh, uncle Mordecai and those that, you know, tell everybody in the city, let's go no food, no water, and ask God and, and just pray that he shows mercy on us. And the, that's an extreme response to desperate times. And desperate times, as the phrase goes, demands desperate measures. So those are kind of the three ways you can think about it. Um, all, we also will sometimes talk about fasting where you're abstaining from certain um, activities. Um, during Lent, some of us will fast from coffee or desserts or, you know, picking a thing that we're abstaining from. Those would be partial fasts. Um, we can fast, if you will, from social media. 
so regardless of what you're actually fasting from, the idea is you're not doing something in order to be more present to God. And, and that's what many of you have experienced. Just like um, at the gym, here's a parallel I've noticed, um, I don't feel exceptionally strong if I'm working out. I'll usually notice the gained strength later in some other environment. And, and that's, I think, if we think about fasting that way, it's kind of like, you know, there's times where you might be able to bust out extra reps at a gym or you can run a faster mile or um, you, you're not breathing so heavy at the top of the stairs, you know, <laughs> um, if whatever you're working. But it's it, when you're training for physical fitness, you usually notice it in the non-exercise workout times. It's kind of like, dude, like that, that was cool. I just moved that big cabinet and that was pretty easy. Or, you know, and, and I think something happens similarly in a spiritual parallel where the days that I fast and, and there's uh, evidence biblically that um, two days a week was a pretty common fast in Jesus' time. Um, and actually some of the reformers, I think it was John Wesley, he advocated for, um, and he was the father of Methodism, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Thank you. Um, he was so uh, set on fasting that he was uh, convinced that everyone needed to fast Wednesdays and Fridays. And he even challenged whether um, ordination could happen if you weren't fasting at least two day, those two days a week. Um, so different traditions have taken to fasting in different ways. But it is super common. It was common in Jesus' day. It's, uh, it's been an ongoing thing throughout history. So there's kind of the teaching portion. So I'd like to hear from us, and let's share some of the things of the experience of fasting um, with, and, and let's specifically look at what we'll call that normal fast. We've gone with just water or maybe some juice, but no food for a period of time. And what has been the experience, and then what do you feel has come out of it in um, in your relationship with God. So, who would like to go first? These awesome. So, uh, I think uh, what you're saying out there about during the fast, you think God's getting closer. You're actually getting. sudden the things that I'm concerned about don't seem 
then when I look at them in the realization of my finite being, they aren't. It's just in the routine of my life that kind of creates this bubbling effect yeah. that they seem more important than they are. And of course, it's the stoic effect, but it's the stoic where it takes life and it really calms everything down and people see what's important, what really matters. Right. It reminds me, one of my professors said, uh, <clears throat> when I fast, I find out that um, he gets really angry when he fasts. And, and I find that anger is the thing that, um, says, it's not that you became angry, you got angry because you're hungry. It's just that when you're eating, you're medicated. <laughs> it's like, I'm actually, an, what's uh, unfortunate to discover is I'm actually an angry person. But I'm medicated with food. As long as I have enough sleep and enough food, I'm fine. I, I got my medication. You take those things away from me, and my true color starts to show up, and, and the temper is shorter, and you're like, oh, and it's much harder to control those things. Why? Because the flesh is screaming out. I think it's a great point. Who else would like to share? Or who's going to share next? I've uh, been fasting for a long time, and one of the biggest things that I had to get out, or not out of it, but was get out of the mindset of I'm fasting to get something out of it. Um, but really, what I really enjoyed about it was the discipline in my life. Um, because I'm human, sometimes I'm not in the Word every single day. And I notice when I I think you, you bring up a great point of the going into the fast, and this is something that the authors I've been reading are talking about, is um, we, it's the difference between um, the power lifter going in so that he can win competitions versus you're exercising to be healthy. Like, I, I just want to be fit. And <clears throat> so when we go into the fast, we can go in because I want to get something from God. And, and if that's your mindset, then you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, but like I said about my grandma, that fasting is just a way to show up, to be with God, and then he starts to reveal stuff. Um, so that's a really good point. Who else? Hi. Thank you. Um, I, well, uh, I think a lot, like, when I first fasted, 
probably like half a day, I would try and fast. And then um, uh, I used to fast more like because I would go and visit his house and stuff. I wasn't, um, didn't understand the connection to God yet. Mm. I probably did, but I didn't, that wasn't like the main goal when I was going to the house. And then, so yeah, I've been practicing fasting over time. me of a scripture I think it said um, Christ said if you fast with respect to the world you won't see the kingdom of God something along those lines mm-hmm. I think what he's saying is he, um, we should fast not only from food and everything but fast from the world sometimes and so uh, a lot of times like when I fast I like to fast I like to just alone and not be around anything that's um, you know distracting me just sure. and I also notice a lot of times when it talks about fasting in scripture it's with prayer yeah um, I also like to fast with uh, using herbs um, like alkaline herbs or like parasite killing herbs things like that um, it's like a water fast with herbal powder and that helps a lot mm-hmm. um, yeah, the longest I went was eight days, and that was, it wasn't a, just water, it was with herbs, and I noticed it helps a lot. Yeah. Um, just being away alone and um, praying and just getting closer to the Spirit. Yeah. Thank you. In those longer fasts, um, the sometimes uh, there was a group of us that did an extended fast um, of water only but then adding some salt or some electrolytes of some kind because when you do those longer fasts electrolyte imbalance starts to to mess with you pretty bad Um, and and I think that's another good point of um, you know we're doing this you know uh, abstaining in order to be with God and, and so, as people of the Spirit, we want to be sensitive to what He's telling us. And so, sometimes it's like, I'm going to fast, I'm going to go for 18 days, and, I'm gonna, and then we go, or whatever it is, or even it's just like, okay, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing breakfast tomorrow. And then, you know, we get so, we set ourselves up for failure because I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for you, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I didn't ask you to. It wasn't what I had planned for us today. You know, uh, we talked when the group of us did an extended fast leading up to Easter um, that if the Lord says to stop, you should stop. You know, sometimes we'll have an idea of this is what God wants to do, and then like, oh, well, oh, I didn't make it my full goal, and then we feel bad. It's like, well, did you show up with Jesus? Like, and if he's instructed you to stop, or, you know, or, or some who were fasting had uh, made some concessions that they weren't super thrilled about having to make. But it's like, well, but what's the point? Is the point that I've set a plan and I have to meet it? 
or is it that God's directing something here and I'm trying to just be with him? So, so does somebody have something they'd like to share on that point of um, not being able to fast maybe the way they wanted to? Um, yeah. Um, I've had a time where I had it in my mind, okay, I'm going to fast three days. I felt like the Lord said three days, so I totally set on um, going the three days. And then uh, it was like, like two days in, I think, um, and my, my legs just started hurting so bad, and I was just so miserable, so grouchy with Cody, so grouchy with the kids, and just, but I was so determined in my mind, like, no, I'm going the full three days, and I just felt like God was like, uh, I'm doing that for me, because how you're acting is not really <laughs> uh, glorifying me at all right now, so, and then just having to, like, humble myself, and end the Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. There's uh, a new term that I've, I've heard is obedience-based discipleship. So we, we come at this saying, Lord Jesus. You know, Lord meaning ruler, <laughs> authority. So he gets to call the shots. So if I'm going to go into a, a day or a, a season of fasting, whatever that might look like, um, it always is, you know, even in your own ideas. Like, man, this, you might be thinking, man, this sounds like a pretty good plan. I, I should try some fasting. That's great. Go ahead and make that move, but always be in prayer of like, God, if there's something else you want to do, if this is not the right time, or if there's a health concern, or there's something else that I need to be paying attention to, then, then help me to, to hear that from you and, and then respond. We don't want to just charge ahead. It's like, we're obeying him. Some might be called to fast and others are called to watch, which would be like, you know what, I'm not going to fast from food, but I'll, I'm going to stay up late, or I'm going to set my alarm for the middle of the night and get up and pray for people. Um, you know, this is about relationship. And, and I love, for those of us who have um, been walking with the Lord and we have that relationship where it's, it's actual relationship, it's not just uh, some religiosity, one thing I'm noticing is there's a common theme about the tone of the voice of God. That you start to, there's such a gentleness, and, and for me and several others as I've been talking, there's a playfulness of how God speaks to me. It's like, if you want to do that, go ahead. It's like, I'll, I'm, I'll watch, you know? <laughs> and, and it's not this like, oh, you know, Why? You know, and, and the more we walk with him, we start to see that tenderness and, and that, uh, and just that loving father's heart. That I don't want you to be hurt. I don't want you to beat yourself up. Like, 
Um, and so it's, it's fun, just like, um, you're not quite, <laughs> like, I love you, but let's be done with this right now. <laughs> Which also brings up another point, and then we'll go to another story. I uh, have somebody else share. But the, uh, the idea of um, training that uh, if you've never fasted or you've not fasted very much, you haven't done some of these others, that there's a training process. So a good place to start, if you feel the Lord calling you to this, now obviously, you know, do whatever he's prompting. Um, but if you're like, man, I don't know where to start. I need to start fasting on a regular basis. Maybe weekly. Um, that's the rhythm that uh, my wife and I have. And that you'd start with, okay, have a, a protein shake or have um, some uh, juice and no food. Um, you're, there's a physiological set of things that go on when you're fasting that if you're used to constantly eating, your body's not going to know what to do if you suddenly cut off that supply. And so you can ease into it, just like I had to start with lifting the bar instead of weights on the bar, and just, okay, well, we're going to skip breakfast and lunch um, on Monday, and uh, I'm going to have juice instead. Or I'm going to do just a protein shake, for all three meals, and I'll eat breakfast the next day, and no snacks, you know, or whatever it is, um, and you train your body to be able to handle that new thing, and after a few times of that, then, okay, well, let's do a normal fast of water only for, you know, 24 hours, 36 hours, and, and you can build up to that. Um, for those of us who did an extended day, we did 10 days. Uh, which is the longest that most of us have done. And, uh, and s- what? Was it the longest all of us have done? Um, we, uh, the, the idea was to do a normal, so water-only fast. Um, some ended up doing, uh, adding the, like a coconut water into that mix for electrolytes and, and a little bit of um, that extra boost. Um, others did, um, you know, more of a Daniel fast, so reduce all of the, the delicacy things. Um, others, because of, you know, the season they were in, they, they tailored it to fit, like, okay, this is, I want to do as much as I can, and here's what I feel like the Lord has led me to do. And so, um, but what was really neat is the, the profound experience of doing that together. So, um, so I'd, lo- I'd love to hear a story of the togetherness part of fasting with others. The scripture says that when you're fasting, don't look all haggard and, you know, dress normal, take a bath, you know, don't let, don't advertise that you're fasting because the only reward you're going to get is like, wow, he's so spiritual. God doesn't care, you know. All you're doing is to impress people, so don't do that. But we can misunder, misinterpret that to say, if you fast, no one should ever know. No, it's don't advertise it to get a pat on the back. That's what I think Jesus' point is. And we experienced some profound things when we fasted together. So I would love to hear a story from that, from this year's fast. Okay, Todd.
take that above the police. Um, but it, I just thought, yeah, like this uh, working the opposite direction of what I was doing to accomplish. And um, so it was, it did feel odd, I think, to have that. Um, I'm fasting with, but not with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, one of the things in that, I guess, that I had to really keep thinking about was um, it's easy sometimes to join what other people are doing for good reasons and, and go, oh, yeah, I'll do this, too. Yeah. And it really kept me going back to God and, God, is this, is that, am I supposed to be fasting this way? And is this? right way, and I had to keep really um, paying attention to what he was saying to not um, feel like I wasn't doing enough because yeah. I wasn't doing it the same as everyone else. Yeah. And so I think that's, uh, you know, another important part of, of fasting is, is just that connection, like others have said, of um, why and really listening to the Lord. And mm-hmm. um, even since then, some of the um, health issues I've been dealing with my mom has had a hiatal hernia, and she's since had a surgery. Um, so trying to prevent that, I have a, like a pre-hiatal hernia. And um, I've been, feel like God's been um, putting on my heart to every day, every meal, every bite, talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. I mean, I, in some ways, I think fasting also is easier because you have this that I'm not doing this. And right. So yeah, I feel like when it's a good thing, but it's just a different thing to to constantly be checking in. God, what about this? And yeah. what are what should I do? How how what foods should I eat? When should I eat them? Um, constantly, it's mm-hmm. it's a, a habit that yeah. I haven't really done very well. You know, every couple hours sometimes being like, okay, what about this? And so it's a something I learned, I think, from the fast is to not necessarily pay attention to more to what other people are saying or what other people are doing that looks good or that is honoring to God above what he's saying to you yeah. and what he's asking of you to make sure you're, you're seeking God above everything else. Yeah, oh, that's good. And the other thing I notice is the, the encouragement of knowing that I'm not doing this all by myself. You know, uh, James, we talked about a lot of how you know, there's that knowing that other people were experiencing the same suffering <laughs> that you might be experiencing. It's like, well, I can keep going. You know, like, ah, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to give in to not um, peer pressure, but I don't want to give in to my flesh. Like, like this, when Jesus was tempted by the devil after 40 days and no food, the temptation was, turn these rocks into bread. And before that temptation, there's the explanation that after those days, Jesus hungered. Now, what will happen physiologically is that you can fast, and when your body has used up all of its stored reserves and begins to eat itself, (laughs) you get hungry again. You'll start off hungry for the first three days, four, maybe for some of us, we experience like five days, we're still hungry. What's going on? This was supposed to be easier by day five. 
but those hunger pains go away. And then you feel like, I could go without food forever. Like, this is great. Like, your mental acuity is there. Like, man, I feel really sharp. I feel good. I have extra energy. But it, once you get to the end of that, where your body's burned everything it's got to burn, you get hungry again. And now you're in starvation mode. And you'll start losing muscle and all of that. So, so Jesus got to that point where now he's starving. Got to the end of himself. And then the devil shows up. Well, I know you're hungry. You know, God doesn't love you. He hasn't let you eat for 40 days. Kept you out here in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit sent you here, man. Like that, I don't think that's very loving. And I don't know what the thoughts were that, that were presented. But Jesus hungered. That's when the temptation came. And Jesus' response in that moment is man does not live on bread alone. On every word from the mouth of God. And I think in that, in the fasting together, in, in fasting in any way, you are confronted with how am I living? What or whom sustains my life? And, and those are really uncomfortable questions and sometimes even more uncomfortable answers when you realize who you're actually or what you're actually depending on. And so God, because he loves us, allows us that suffering to reveal this, what's true in our hearts. Like, this is who you really are. And, and, and fasting is like holding up a mirror, and you have to look at yourself. Okay, that I'll confess, anger is my issue. You know, when I, when I am without food, like, I, my... I get more agitated and, and I realize, okay, that's still there. Um, man, God, why? What's my deal? You know, because I can't change that. I can't fix that. And that what I love is that our Heavenly Father doesn't just put up the mirror and then shame me for it. He says, I've known this was there all along but you didn't. So now, let, let me take that. Give that to me. Um, and, and that can be some of the hardest moments of your life, of actually letting go of the thing that God has faithfully now shown you. And you, because the temptation is, oh, okay, I'll fix it, I'll fix it. You know? It's like, I got this. No, no, I don't need you to take, I don't want you to have to. And we feel like we've got to prove that we love God by working it out. He knows what's in our hearts. And, and he loves us anyway. You know, that's what good marriage shows. Like, my wife knows me more than anybody else, and she loves me anyway. I've hurt her more than I've hurt anyone else in the world. Not on purpose, but just my brokenness. It comes out over 16 years, and she keeps forgiving me. And I keep going back to the Lord and saying, you know, make me better, you know. 
take this from me. And, and he's faithful to do that, you know? So fasting is not fun. <laughs> but I hate the gym, too. <laughs> you know? So, but if I want to do tomorrow what I can't do today, then I've got to, I got to do some training. And I feel like that's what this summer is about, is for, in these conversations, for God to, to help us to see these exercises in a new light and, and then to engage in them in a manner that's going to really help um, and bring lasting fruit. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want any of us to walk away with just a new habit, just for habit's sake. Like that... That's pointless. If reading your Bible every day is not bringing you closer to God, stop it. If you're praying every day is not actually communicating with God, stop it. If you're going to fast every week and because you decided to and you're not growing in your spirit, stop. Now, if God's told you to and you're not growing, well, then don't stop. You've got to figure out like, what's, what else is going on here, you know? But it, any of these things, if you're just going and exercising just for exercising's sake, well, knock it off. It's not doing you any good. In fact, it's probably creating a false sense of security. That you can say, yeah, I look, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We preached in your name. You know, when Jesus tells the parable of separating sheep from goats, there's those who are, are cast out. And you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me when I was in prison. And they're like, wait, we, when, were the, when was that? You didn't do any of this for the people that were around you. Like, wait, what? And many will in that day say, and Jesus is going to have to respond, I never knew you. So anything you're doing that is religious or, or looks spiritual, if it's not bringing you closer to God, then you need to take a look at it and evaluate why. Because God doesn't want you to just have a bunch of holy habits. He wants you. Uh, Isaac, if you'd throw that, that quote. Oh, good, we've got it up there. This is the quote I want. Man, you're ahead of me. It's awesome. He's not interested in your spiritual life. He's just interested in your life. Like, all life is spiritual. He just wants you. And so that's the place I'd like to, to land. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I confess there's so many things that I do to try and prove that I'm good enough for you to love me. And I know that that's my own brokenness. And I don't have to do that. And I'm so thankful that you remind me so often that you love me in spite of myself. I'm yours. You picked me. And, uh, and I pray, God, that each person in this room, they would feel your Holy Spirit and that love and that you sing over us. You rejoice over us with singing as it's recorded in Zephaniah. 
Lord, you're so pleased when we just take time with you. And there are things that are cancers to our souls that you want to show us so that we can begin the treatment. And Lord, I pray this week that fasting would be the tool, the means by which you extend this grace to us. That for those who've never fasted as they, they try, going without food and maybe just some juice or a smoothie or something, I'm not going to eat these meals. For those of us who have been scheduled in our fasting for some time, Lord, that you would uh, speak to us so that we would, we would know that you're near. Lord, we, we do fast in, in grief over our, the state of our nation. Lord, the state of our own souls at times. We just pray that you would have your way in us, that your will would be done, that we would look more like Jesus at the end of this week than we did and we do right now. I'm not satisfied with going years and not changing. Lord, and I don't think you're satisfied with that either. So Lord, we're going to do what we can now and allow you to do the work of transformation. We're going to show up this week when we make that commitment to you. But you know how frail we are. And so, Lord, when we fail, as we will, that you would remind us of your love, shower us with your grace, and make us more like your Son. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have, um, if you, just take a moment with those at your table. If you're alone, if you could, maybe, Michael, if you would join back here at that table. Um, just quick, let's pray for something together uh, before we depart. Um, it's one of the foundations of our community here, is that um, we follow Jesus. We're growing, looking more like him, and, and we talk to God, and he hears us and answers our prayers. So, um, so yeah, if there's anything that is going on in your world, um, just share it briefly, and we can pray together. And uh, we'll see you next week.